Yes, hello and welcome to the Better the Bookshelf podcast, our little book club, book cult, book something or other episode. I forgot the 41. <laughs> we just did it 30 seconds ago. <laughs> And welcome to the Better the Bookshelf podcast, episode 41. In this episode, we are talking about Kraken by China Mayville. I am Ryan, and with me is my good buddy and fellow host, Jacob. Yes, hello and welcome to the Better the Bookshelf podcast, our little book club, book cult, book something or other, episode 41. Mm, what a treat yes. that we have this fine evening. It is, of course, evening. It's been a while since I feel like we've recorded... We're a few night. days late. Yeah. yeah. We're like and, a, week. And, We're and like and a week late. And that's yeah. mostly <clears throat> my doing is <clears throat> I cough off mic to further reinforce how much my yeah. my throat was suffering. But uh we're here. We made it. Better Nate than Lever, they say. Uh so Better know. late than never. Better Nate than Lever. Better Nate than Lever. There's a whole joke with a snake whose name is Nate and it's whatever. That look it up. But who's okay. Um I have so many questions. But yeah, this is this is we'll just we'll 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 phrase it like this. We got a little we got a few extra days to let this baby stew. Yes. And boy <laughs> has it stewed. Yeah, I've I've really uh, it's taken a nice brine no, bath in my brain. Yeah, so this is going to be a fun episode. Obviously, pretty traditional episode. We don't stray too far from what we do best. Tell you a little bit about the author China Meaville. Um, I'm going to give you, or I'm going to try to give you a summary. We'll see. And then we're just going to get into it. I'm not exactly sure, uh, the structure for this one. It's a little bit more freeform, a little bit avant-garde. We're going a little bit, you know, modern, yeah. maybe perhaps uh, a little bit highbrow. I was planning on just joking around. Yeah, probably. But... That's, uh, that's basically the way that I would kind of phrase <laughs> that. But yeah, this is going to be definitely a, a loosey goosey episode, but in and of itself, I think will be fun because of it. And if you read the book along with us, obviously the the subject matter lends itself to, I think, a little bit more absurd and loose and absurd episode. So that'll fit along with it. And then, of course, we'll get to our patented three tier four if we're getting rid of it. Five if we're folding it into an origami bottle. Six if we're gonna turn it into a tattoo. But I don't think it's gonna come to that. And then, nah. of course, I'm excited. I don't even know. Normally we talk about uh, what the next book coming down uh, the line is before the oh, show, but yeah. we didn't even get to that today. So I'm excited to find out just with the rest of you as well. And we'll yeah. tell you what's coming up next on our uh, future episode. Yeah. So if you haven't read the book, go read the book and then uh, come back and listen to the podcast because that's how book clubs work. Unless you're just lazy, which if you are, you're in good company. So uh, Can't blame you. let's get straight into China. Uh, interesting name. Whoa. All right. <laughs> took a detour. Yes. Let's do it. Uh, so interesting name. He apparently his parents like looked through the dictionary for a beautiful name is uh, is what I read. Um, and that's how he he landed up with that. As far as I know, no Asian heritage. Uh, certainly browsing pictures does not look to be of, of That's Asian. a great new phrase. He landed up with that. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. It's well, like ended, ended up, up with that, landed with it. Yeah. He landed up with that. We're name. just, yeah. Better innovators. Nader Lever. We're on the front lines of innovation here. Absolutely. So, China was born in 1972. Um, he's a British writer, obviously, uh, but he's also done a bunch of essays, uh, comics. He's a political activist. He's a very, very left-leaning, uh, uh, like, Marxist uh 
kind of uh, individual. So he's, this is my shocked face. He, he's he's yeah, very uh, very political, um, and uh, seems to be uh, well, not seems to be. He's extraordinarily well educated. Um, I read a few interviews and you know comments and stuff. I mean, the the man is clearly well uh, well read and thoughtful about uh, you know his his beliefs and uh, certainly his writing and stuff. Uh, even though. His writing may not uh, we'll get to all, we'll get all the to way it. We'll reflect all of that all the time. Anyway, um, so he does have one really interesting thing um, that I that I found. He plans to write a novel in every like major genre. So he's going to write a western. Uh, obviously, he's done sci fi and fantasy stuff. He just uh, got that out of the way and like twofold. yeah, no, he in spades. Yeah. yeah. Um, speaking of which. He has won some major awards for uh, for his books. Not none for this one, uh, as far as like the major stuff goes. But he, the Arthur C. Clarke Award, I think I, I saw he he has won that three different times. Uh, he was he won the uh, uh, British Fantasy Award, the World Fantasy Award, which I assume you can't get better than the World Fantasy. Well, there there has to be a universe. There could be a solar system one. Yeah, that's a step up. Yeah, the galaxy, then universe. This galactic then multiverse, plane. yeah, yeah. You then like s- triomni multiverse. I don't know. There's a lot of different. I spoke too soon. So yeah, he's uh, he's definitely an interesting interesting character. And you left out the most important tidbit of knowledge just, about about him okay. that you found on your own, yeah. kind of just randomly down a rabbit hole. He is the subject of one of the strangest blogs I think I may have ever seen. Yeah. So you know. Writers sometimes, or you know, actors, musicians, they get their uh, they get their little fandoms, right? Sure, they get a cult following. Yeah, and uh, so China clearly has one. Um, I I don't remember exactly how I stumbled upon this. Well, actually, I do, because after I was done with the book, I did a lot of googling to like kind of feel everything out and like see where everybody was, and uh, I ran across a blog. That is, uh, it's just could they beat up China dot wordpress? Uh, I believe it's dot wordpress.com. Uh, it's official, and it is literally just a series of blog posts, uh, sort of like celebrity deathmatch style. That's a good one of like China versus people. So we've got like China versus Donald Trump, uh, Quentin Tarantino, uh, Sting. Uh, the Archbishop of Canterbury, although they aren't clear which Archbishop okay. of Canterbury. Uh, Elvis Presley impersonators, Herman Melville, uh, Banksy, Chuck Norris, Ian M. Banks. See, here's here's what I need to know here. I, yeah. If we're going to get into fighting, I got to know his fighter stats. Like, what's his reach here? Like, what, what weight division are we competing in here? Like, this I, seems, I don't know, this seems a little bric-a-brac for me. Yeah, the some of the blog posts are kind of entertaining, uh, but all kind of go along the lines of some absurd sort of thing, and China always ends up winning. Yeah, he's thirty-one and zero. Yeah, he's the champ. So in this guy's and on this guy's blog. So. And, and this is how we know it's not serious. I mean, he beat Chuck Norris. Nobody beats Chuck Norris. Well, is this we've like, established. Is this that like nineteen eighty four Chuck Norris, or is this like two thousand nineteen Chuck Norris? Because let's let's be real. Chuck's Chuck's best days are behind him. It might be, might be, but from from a fighting standpoint, he's an old man. I would still take Chuck Norris over what. I could. Uh, I'm China. putting this out there right now to our hundred or so listeners, or however many people. We crossed a big milestone this uh, 
this this last week. Oh, did we? I was going to talk exactly. about it till the end. I, I'll proclaim this out there to our vast audience. I could take Chuck Norris in a fight right now. Okay. Yeah. So, Chuck, hit me up. Let's do it. Because I'm sure you're super excited <laughs> and eager to to fight somebody who's as utterly insignificant as me. So, absolutely. <laughs> All right, you owe us a you owe us a summary. Let's hear it. Come on. Okay. Kraken is a story about the apocalypse. <laughs> Shrug. It's a it's a weird book about magical London and. Uh, people getting unfolded out of packages <laughs> and getting folded into bottles. You know, all right, let's start with the bottle that's, folding thing, first of all, because that's kind of oh, the, <laughs> from the very beginning, it's okay, oh, the, you know, the, the the squid is gone and it's crazy. And then like the, the kind of follow-up weird craziness behind that is in the yeah. basement, there's just a guy folded up into a bottle. Yeah. And I want to point out that when we were originally <clears throat> on the last episode, when we were kind of just looking for a book and I was kind of reading little yes. blurbs about books... The bottle folding that sold you. That sold me. Guy folded into a bottle. Absolutely, we have to read this book. So, with that being said, were you? This is this is more important, I think, even than the rating system. Uh Yeah. Were you satisfied with the the amount of people folded into bottles in this book, based on what your expectations were going in? Um, as exciting as one person being folded into a bottle is uh-huh um i don't feel like that's enough people folded into bottles number sure. one um number two i think just given the uh story surrounding that and the the lack of sort of that being a plot device uh for the overall narrative um i really found that the one body folded into the bottle was was really disappointing so i was Disappointed on multiple fronts when it came to folded bodies. But what about just like people folding in general? Because we kind of set up that device again pretty yeah. early on whenever Billy sort of ambushed at his place with the unfolding of individuals out of a package. So that was another thing to me. Would you have liked to see more people getting folded and unfolded from things? Would that have made this book maybe one, two, even three tiers higher for you? Um, yeah, potentially. I, th- I think if, if there was, um, some sort of like macro narrative that this was just, um, all a ploy for like a, uh, a like origami or geometry cult and they were just going in and folding people up <laughs> stuff, that would have been really well, awesome. You know, we didn't me. get an insight. On, apparently yeah. there's a lot of cults out there, you know, there's a we, cult for everything. Yeah. We didn't get a, an insight. So I'm sure there is a cult of. A cult uh, of origami. Those worshipping kind of the folding of people into bottles and yeah. or out of packages. And their day job would obviously be working like clothing retail. Yeah. Kinkos. Well, you know, most folding... See, here's the thing. Most folding done now in retail is like automatic. It's yeah, they got those little boards. They and got the tables <laughs> and stuff. So it's kind of a... I don't know. It's kind of a tease if you're just like in it for the folding. Yeah. Uh, so my question though about the about the body in the bottle thing was that like a like a, a back of the cover kind of thing that you found that on or yeah. so we got misled again by we got, another we book got, description we got back to, well okay I I don't think it's fair to uh, I don't think it's fair to say it's the, on the same level 
as uh, on the beach. I had to think about it. I had to yeah. sort of fill some space there to remember the last book we read. On the beach, my devil <laughs> shoot. Uh, I don't think it was quite as misleading as the amount of emphasis they gave to the oh, the transmission on this. It was kind of, you know, Billy, yeah. is he's the curator of this, and a Kraken goes missing, and there's a cult, and it's all these other things, and, a, and people fold it into bottles. And it's like, what? I think we just, <laughs> I think we just hyper-focused on the whole throwaway line that it, that's what it honestly was. Yeah, it seemed yeah. like it was a throwaway line of that. Or people folded into bottles, and we and we just saw that and went, yeah, yeah. this is. I want like a hundred pages of this minimum. All right, I'll take the blame for that because I was really emphatic about that. That's yeah, fine. All right, so we have like meandered into the first like fifteen freaking minutes of this yeah, episode and that's because deliberate because we that's don't kind of the structure of how this book works. <laughs> life imitates art, imitates life, imitates art. Um, how did you? I guess before before the wheels just fall off in this book, and that's not to say that it's like oh, it's just awful, but I mean the wheels fall off in a sense of. Uh, grounded in some semblance of reality, and we just go full sort of batshit crazy with yeah, everything going yeah. on. And we kind of have this weird sort of building narrative that's things are weird, but it just hasn't like fully blown open yet. Like, yeah. how do you, I don't know, how did you first kind of feel going into the book? Because I I was a little bit tainted, and I can go on that a little bit more, kind okay. of like starting to read for that little bit. But how did you kind of like going in blind reading the first I don't know what hundred pages or so of this book. Yeah, so per the usual, didn't didn't do any research ahead of time. Which you were just itching for that bottle. I've bottle I've, I've made a decision about about that going forward, which I'll talk about later. But okay, um, yeah i I liked the first bit. Um, certainly, I think the intrigue of of like the squid going missing yeah. and the uh, was it the FSRC or whatever. Um, little group and sure. the, the cult the, the special cult people. Yeah, FSRC. Like, yeah, there, there was, there was some things that were starting to be uh, woven in there where I was like, okay, all right, all right, and then things continued to get strange, right? Um, and yeah, then I think about the time I'm trying to remember the the order of operations. I think he got captured by the tattoo f- before he met the squid cult, right? Yeah, because he's rescued after that. Yeah, right. Okay, that's right, because that's that's how he meets Dane. Yeah. Uh, so I think right about there it was the first time that we got our first really big piece of, like, something magical is going on here that is, mm-hmm. like, uh, obvious. Um, it was, like, the guy that had the, like, you know, nipple knobs for so, uh, that okay, was playing so, the radio. So hold on, back it up, sex. So, assuming it was nipples, right? Right. So you're saying when he meets a tattoo, not you know previously when Goss and Zombie show up and and his and at his place e- and e- just eat Leon. Leon and, yeah, but at that point, so uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go off on a tangent here, but so just please just go for bear, it. Bear with me. Yeah. So this this book kind of fits into this, this sub genre of speculative fiction, which speculative fiction covers fantasy, sci-fi, like all of that kind of stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. So there's this like sub genre um, called weird fiction. And this is yet a like variant of weird fiction called like new weird fiction. And again, I'm, I'm reading all of this like online after the fact. So, um, but one of the hallmarks of this this sort of thing, according to an anthology that was put together by some of the writers who affiliate with this movement, 
is like creating a world basically um, that leverages reality, uh, but also pulls in all these different sci-fi and fantasy elements and crosses genres and, and mixes things sure. pretty extensively, which is kind of one of the problems, I think, with this book. But um, thematically, going back to that whole thing, whenever Goss and, and Subby were first um, presented... Because up to that point, we had no like concrete, like sort of magic going on. Mm -hmm. I wasn't sure that what we were seeing, I should believe as literal yet. So I kind of thought, well, like, okay, maybe these guys just snuck in. There's kind of, you know, sort of a mystery element to this whole thing, kind yeah. of a noir uh, whodunit. Uh, noir is not right, but anyway. Um, no, so, it was so, very, it was very noir. But, but it wasn't until, it wasn't really until the whole sequence of where he's escaping with Dane and then goes to the squid cult where I was like, Oh, this is real. Okay, I think this is real or this is drugs or like a mental breakdown. But even then, I was still kind of questioning. But then from like them escaping from the squid cult, um, well, actually before that, because of Billy's behavior, I started to lose it. But after that, then I was like, okay, clearly these things are happening. And what the fuck? What this the is fuck? just wheels off. What the fuck? You're just kind of what the fuck. You're just kind of flipping pages. You're like, oh yeah, that's cool. Oh yeah, London Mansers. All right, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, where did where did this? lose you oh the i it, it lost me before i even started it unfortunately really yeah so my my lovely girlfriend um she hadn't read a book along with us for a while i guess she kind of got uh she kind of got burned on beloved yeah but uh this one i kind of told her the the premise sort of the the yeah. jacket as we approached it and she was super interested in it and so she she much to i guess my my initial doubt but i guess it's you know I can I can confirm she's an incredibly fast reader. She read this in like one day. That's insane. Like after I got it, she she just plowed through it, and her her first thought you know I was I was like oh cool like you read it like my yeah. turn to read it. Her first thought was she was just like <laughs> she's like it's a mess it's a mess it's ridiculous and I'm like well shit okay <laughs> I, I got 500 pages to go and and yeah. you're just I was like kind of hoping that she would. Because I already was excited about it, and I was yeah, hoping yeah. that it's like, oh man, if she just loved it, this is going to be awesome. But she just kind of came in. She's like, it just kind of builds up, and then all hell breaks loose, and nothing makes sense, and it's all just ridiculous yeah. and, and dumb and pointless. And I was, I was like, all right, cool. That's that sounds super awesome. She's like, so you're going to start reading? It? I was like, oh, I'll get to it later. I yeah. set it down. <laughs> she was like, did you read any today? I was like, not yet. And I I set it back down again, and then. Finally, I was like, "Oh my god, we got to record!" So yeah, I like had to plow through this thing, and it was fine. I mean, from a, I don't know, from kind of just going page to page. I did like the fact that at least we didn't have these like humongous chapters, like things. Yeah, kinda, things kind. I mean, we're we're on the record as saying we're big short chapter fans. Yes, and this is definitely a book that kind of, at least from a readability standpoint, which is weird to say because. So much of it is is ridiculous, but at least the structural sort of elements that that come into play help with that somewhat. Maybe not so much the the style of writing and right, right. the overly overly verbose way of of just sort of setting the scenes and describing everything. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it was it was I I kind of knew from the get go that everything was just it was all hell breaks loose, magic, crazy, yeah, ridiculousness, and so. Yeah, when they just unfold themselves out and, and eat Leon, I'm just like, okay, 
this is the book that we're reading. Yeah. This is this is just absurd. So I was kind of at least intrigued because I'm I for starters, one of my my favorite genre of humor is absurdist humor. Yep, I, yep. I like absurdity just as a general means of kind of I don't know, revving up a story or, or making something interesting or, or funny or yeah. all these other things. But it always has to be going somewhere or it always, in my mind, it has to have some sort of payoff. Right, and or be satirical in some sure, way. Sure, sure. And the the biggest problem I have with this book is it's absurd for the sake of being absurd, at least from my, my viewpoint of reading it. And it doesn't really have, it doesn't really have any kind of payoff that makes you feel sort of connected to the ridiculous of ridiculousness right. of it. It's just it's just strange and it's just oh here's this magic London and I we were talking a little bit of, about it a uh, uh, you know kind of before the show that like obviously China Meville is incredibly a creative and and you know you've you've I guess Thoughtful. done yeah. more background stuff and you can even see it in the writing like a very intelligent person and so it's just to me, it's kind of that like fine line with creativity where you're like you you create something that's different, that's odd, that that gives an extra ounce of life to your story. And there's that very little thin line where you sort of have creativity as an enhancement to something that you're trying to do or say or yeah. or present. And creativity in a sense of just going like, I'm just going to do something so crazy and so absurd and so out there yeah. that it's so different than anything else that it's, isn't this so creative? And it's just kind of like, yeah, well, there's a difference between having things, in my mind at least, having things be weird and absurdist and having these like magical elements and even kind of like having a, like a mystical realism type sure, story sure. and just going Hey, we're just gonna do. Everybody has all this weird, you know. Here's here's a guy who folds people into bottles. I'm sorry, I love folding people <laughs> into bottles. And here's some chaos Nazis. And here's a guy. Oh, he's God. really a tattoo. Yeah. And then here's a big old wizard guy. But it wasn't. He he died. But actually, he's ink. <laughs> yeah. It's just at some point you just go, man. Like I. How much can I? Can handle? we get like half of this? Yeah. <laughs> like save yeah. half of this for like another project? Maybe you know you don't have to just dump every idea that you thought for some sort of weird, creative, magical, mystical part yep, of London yep. into one book, all right? Yeah. Because it it that, to me, too, it like part of the problem with this story is it's a very simple sort of, like, plot hook, right? Missing, missing, uh, missing squid, apocalypse, we got to figure out what's going on with this scenario, and we're kind of lost in this sort of right. under, underbelly that we're not used to, right? Like, that's a pretty simple like driving force and it gets so bogged down with all this just extraneous blah of like, yeah. Oh yeah. look, this is cool. This is a weird idea. Let's throw this in here. And it just, it, it so detracts from like the enjoyability. And I know I just yeah. went like no eight, no. eight steps past, but yeah, I you, definitely, there was no real like turning point for me. I was kind of in the know from the get go okay. and it just continually just drove it home that it's like, okay, absurdity works but only if it's like a complimentary feature and not the main feature. Right. Yeah, I think I think you hit a couple of things that I, I really want to talk about. One is is just the the bloat of the overall narrative, right? Because the the general plot, right, really centers around the the squid and the apocalypse, right? Yeah. 
The squid went missing, ostensibly is going to cause the apocalypse or be a feature in bringing that about somehow, right? Yeah. And the goal is to recover that, prevent the apocalypse from happening, sure. right? Then you get the element of somebody stole the MacGuffin for, you know, their their own, uh, to try to Thank you. Prevent, That's what it is. Yeah, it's a MacGuffin. To, to okay. try to prevent the apocalypse from coming on, which, of course, in every movie that we've ever seen that happened, usually just brings whatever it is closer to the evil people trying to get it, which yeah. is, you know, essentially what what happens. And then you deviate from that that central plot line for like, I shit you not, probably 300 pages. Like consider the beginning and just like the last 100, 150 pages. Yeah, that's your main part of this of this story. Mm -hmm. You could maybe skip like from chapter five to 15 or 20 or I, I forget how many there were. Oh, there's here. a lot. There's like 70. Chapters. Okay. Well then, then probably all the way to like hashtag team or, short or, chapters. That's or 70. That's, that's one thumb up here. But, and, and you could get like the, the, the overarching narrative and you'd miss all the stuff in between. You'd be like, Oh, there's a lot of magic people here, but honestly it kind of might make more sense. Maybe. Cause, yeah, cause you like, don't just spend page upon page just going, Wait a minute. Hold yeah. on. This guy's got a union for like familiars. And yeah. He like just kind of worked his way out of the afterlife. That's cool. Right. Oh, okay. Like, who, who are who are picketing for a pretty ambiguous reason? Yeah. And they want better pay. <laughs> everybody knows the apocalypse is coming, but they still aren't going to help. And he doesn't seem to understand that maybe they could be helpful, despite him himself being helpful in trying to you know help billy and dane out the whole the whole thing by shooting around and, and doing stuff yeah uh by the way wadi is op as far as a, a power goes that's pretty darn good we'll, yeah we'll get to that um powers that you so but, but you have you have all this all this bloat right and all this additional stuff and then you, you have sort of these these gratuitous inclusions of things that to me almost felt like a dare right sometimes it's like Oh, I bet you can't get away with, uh, you know, with putting a Star Wars phaser in one of your books. Star like, Trek. Sorry, Star, Star Trek. Trek. Yeah, sorry. Good God. I <laughs> hey, That book about I a Kraken? Uh, bet you can't work a Star Trek reference in there. Yeah. <laughs> Already did. I, and I made it a pretty central plot line yeah. for a, a majority of the book as far as uh, action goes. So yeah. that happens. But then there, bold. there was also just like the, the language, like you said. Um, was a thing there was uh there's an excerpt that um that really highlighted that for me um so this was on page 293 of of my book <clears throat> and this just is crack open my hard copy of this so um i i think i liked collingswood as a as a character uh -huh. um just because she like didn't give a shit um but we we need to talk about characters as well but uh, any rate, so sometimes, like you, you come up with with like a an interesting name or uh, you know just something you want to work in or whatever. Her little rant on this page, um, where she's she's going through all of her curse words. Where is it? Um, yeah, so she she's talking to um. Uh, to somebody else in the uh, Baron in the in the uh, FSRC or whatever, and uh, she goes for fuck's sake, boss. Collingswood said, "Up your game, shit foxes, bastards, spit spitfish, boss, fuck lizards, little cunt wasps, munching wank toasters." Baron stared at her. Oh yeah, Collingsworth said, "That's right. 
I got game. Say my name. So there's just like little things in this book that are just absolutely cringeworthy. And that's like, that's like, I'm going to take my best British, like horrible insults and try to dump them into a single sentence. And like, I get her character's brash and it's not like out of character. But when she went through that little, that little thing and then followed it up with, I got game. I was like, Oh my God, no. So no, that, that what's crazy is that sentence is kind of like a whole microcosm of, of this book where you, you sort of have this central idea of, of what you're going to do and you kind of web off everything, you know, or you put little bits around it saying like, oh, well, this, this idea and this idea and this idea and this idea. And instead of maybe going, okay, let's take like the, the best three or four, he just kind of goes, all right, all right. Yeah, we're good. We're good here. We're going to do yeah. it all at once. Yeah. We're just going to throw everything here and uh, it's, it's going to work. I promise. Yeah, it doesn't work. No, though, does it? No, not. I don't know. Not not particularly. And it's I don't know. I'm 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 curious if I had maybe managed to like read this blindly and not going in because I I understand that my mood and attitude attitude towards reading this book changed yeah. after yeah. I kind of got that feedback about what to expect yep. because you know this wasn't something we did all of this hard research on. This was a book that we just kind of picked. Right, right. And so I don't know how much of that is necessarily fair on my end to kind of say that, yeah, I kind of dragged in a little bit of expectation now seeing that feedback from somebody that I kind of like at least am on the same page of of things usually about. So, yeah. And and so like I'd mentioned earlier, I think, you know, this book and On the Beach – and a couple others that we've we've done this year, I think have have brought me around to to maybe approaching things in a different way, because I have always avoided reading about books before we read them, sure. um, because I didn't want to, my my opinion to be influenced, right? Like Correct. I wanted to come to it with you know just my own reading of it and not worry about. Whatever, and I like to do the same things with movies. I mean, you know, we when our, all the Marvel movies were coming out, like you would go on Reddit and read the plot lines. You know, never well, see the movie, and then I I always thought that was crazy because I'm like, why why would you want to ruin that if you might maybe go see the movie? Eh, like that's I, no fun f- to me. So I mean, that's the way I've approached books. But I think that especially with something like this, it could be a double edged sword, right? Like, um. I got through this book because I didn't know that it wasn't going to get better. I didn't have anybody telling me like, "Hey, it's imagine, just... imagine if you knew, yeah, and you were about two hundred fifty pages it. in. I wouldn't yeah. finished it. It was and a if struggle. We, yeah, if we, if I contemplated not finishing it around like page three hundred, I was yeah. just like, you know, there's, I have yet. I I don't think we I've done that on the on the podcast yet. I've gotten close on two or three, um, but I'm not finishing. Yeah. I, I think, think I've, I, I think, think the closest one, one was Savage of Texas. I think you kind of just uh, in that whole middle section. Yeah. Uh, that I think you you said you kind I of probably about got yeah. about yeah about a third of the way through that and I gave up on that and picked yeah. it back up there at the end. Yeah, that's right. I forgot. I forgot about that. But that, but I mean, not exactly in the same vein. That was another one where it was kind of experimenting with throwing everything you have in in one section, and maybe that's maybe that's what it is. It's just. I know for myself, and I I know that kind of as the podcast 
churns along, we're going to pull up a lot more, you know, different books and different genres and yeah. have different expectations. But at the end of the day, I'm still a guy. I like a nice little refined, tight, just character driven. Yeah. Doesn't have to be anything crazy setting wise. I just want to understand a person and see what goes on yep. in their story arc. And that's that's enough for me as yeah. a reader. And And sometimes it's kind of... It's kind of one of those things where I feel like I feel like maybe just because I'm not I or I haven't been as avid of a fiction reader prior to, you know, last year when we started yeah, this that yeah. I don't know if that is a sort of systemic thing or if it's just kind of on the fringes of 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 just sort of experimentation with with fiction writing in general where now it's I don't know. It's kind of that's eh, old news to write like you know a story about about just kind of like a a plain setting or a person or something like that. And that's right. kind of old news. We right. kind of have to put something interesting in there. Something there has to be some sort of unique element to it or unique twist or unique sort of style with which we we carry this in order to kind of set yourself apart. Agreed. Yeah. I mean. There, there's an astounding amount of, of stuff that gets published, you know, every every year. Um, I want to say it was like three hundred thousand books or something that I read the other day get get published in a year. And uh, now is that is that just major publishers or is that like including self publishing? No, it does not include self publishing. Because okay, then you could probably yeah. bump that number yeah, up. No, no, no. A ton. Um, and you you do have to have something that people can relate to right you, either has to be like relevant for the time and place that we're in, in in this world you have to push the boundaries of you know exploring a topic that has not been you know well well explored uh you know people that have been disenfranchised like you know there has to be something to that there you know is also uh the option of of trying to go down that avant-garde route of you know mess, Weird messing with yeah. form and and uh, all that kind of stuff and subverting, you know, traditional narratives. And there's all these different ways, right, to, to sort of get attention. Um, and then, you know, there are things that just don't work well. And, and you know, I, th I think a lot of, of what he did in this in this book didn't work well. And, it, it, you know, as I went through and looked at his author bio, like this book doesn't really come up as one of his like recommended, you know, reads or anything that was yeah. that was highly awarded. Um, and so I would be interested to, I'm not going to in, in all, in all actuality, because I feel like this was such a waste of time, um, to have read this. I'm not going to go read anything else by him, but I am very curious if everything sort of follows this, this pattern. Um, I'll probably go read about some of his other books to yeah. see, you know, if they're all equally as sort of unhinged and absurd as, as this one was, as it, as it played out. But you know, I, I think coming to coming to the table with some expectations could help you navigate a, a difficult narrative like this if you really just want to make through. But like in your case, it can also sort of poison the well, right? Because um, you know, when you get into a book you don't like, and you know you've still got three hundred pages to go, then you're just you're looking at pages at that point. And I I did that a lot in this book. Oh I'm yeah, like, I did a lot of page gazing. Yep, the and, like whole back half of this book, I'm just like. I mean, like five hundred eight total, and I'm like two seventy. Yeah, it, it sucks. Yeah. I, I I got through. I we went to we went on a road trip, three and a half hours. I read the entire time when we were in the car, and I got I got through it. I was like, oh my god, I still have like a quarter of this book to go. Please, yeah. please. It also it also didn't help in in sort of picking out the book. And I I this was hilarious. I realized this. You know, again, we kind of just picked it out because yeah, yeah, of yeah. the little synopsis. 
And then I go to the store to get it, and I pick it up, and I'm like, oh, my God, this is a 500-page book. <laughs> <laughs> I text you that night. I'm like, yeah. yeah, by the way, this is like a 500-page book. Which you, I'm glad you did. You might want to go pick it up and I, get started. That but. night, I literally went out and bought it and started reading it. Yeah. Because, and I, I, I was down to the wire. If we would have recorded on Monday... Like I was, I had finished it Monday morning. Yeah, uh, yeah, that was that was rough. Um, so, can we talk about characters a little bit? Because sure, I I want to get into specific like powers, uh, but okay. I also wanted to share an observation that I had about characters in this book, which was I did not give a fuck about anybody, and I couldn't understand anybody's motives. Yeah, I mean, you know, Billy being our pro tag, you yeah. you would think that it's kind of we're supposed to we're supposed to feel for him, we're supposed to kind of like I guess sympathize with him and, and kind of like empathize in this whole situation and everything that's going on with him and he's just being pulled around and you're supposed to kind of like oh, at least the way that the the world is built, you know, it's kind yeah, of like oh, yeah. we're supposed to put ourselves in Billy's shoes and now all this craziness is going around. Yeah, you don't really care. Don't no. really care. I mean, we get like little baby snippets of 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 Billy kind of as a person, but really in the beginning only. Yeah, but then it's really just kind of like, oh, he's on the zip line and he just he's just going. Yeah, and the the, the branches hitting him are just like it's bottle folding people. I can't That's... drop the bottle. Folding. It's chaos Nazis. It's he's just getting smacked. It's like yeah, yeah. whatever. All right, I'm on the zip line. So friends being swallowed whole. Sure, other, yeah. He's other like, friends well, being that's, that's tortured. Bad. On yeah. Swastikas. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You don't really, you don't really care, and yeah, the motives are very hollow. It's kind of like yeah. It's oh here's here's plot device McPlot device he's here to help us do this plot device so that right. we can get from point A to point B. All right, bye guys. <laughs> here's right. plot device McPlot device so we can get from point B to C. But then but yeah. then guys like like Dane are around a lot. Sure, no character development no, for not him at all. Uh, not not until like the very end when he's about to die when it's already too late to give a shit. Yeah. Um, and then uh, same thing with Wadi. I mean he's he's around you know all the time. Uh, Marge was an okay character because I guess, you know, you got to see her like try and like through her caring for Leon and curiosity. Yeah. Um, but the thing that astounded me about Billy that like, and, and this is where I just like, I, I started to be done mentally was when he was at the, at the Kraken, um, sanctuary or whatever, um, he suddenly made this weird turn where he was like, I'm going to read all this stuff. I'm going to drink the ink and have like visions. And yeah. all of a sudden he had this like completely inexplicable like transition to believing in what was going on and having a uh, serious curiosity for, you know, that cult and like this world. And then he like, evolved to the point where he was okay with magic and like had almost confidence, especially toward the end mm -hmm. um, with, with the last, you know, big fight and stuff um, where it was just like, it was unbelievable. There was no character development to substantiate like yeah. this, this shift in his understanding of the world around him or give him any, some such confidence about yeah, he was what just he was bored, dealing with. So he's just like, Oh, this is, I'll just be this guy now. I just, it drove me fucking insane as we got through further through the book. I, I felt like I felt like a video game. Like I, it was like 
Mario just eating a mushroom, and he's like, "All right, I can, I can do mushroom stuff. I'm bigger now. now. Hey, I'm gonna eat this leaf. Holy shit, I've got ears and a tail. This is that's basically how I felt about this whole thing. Is that you? You got this portrait of him as as a character. Time out. Yes. Is it a leaf or is it a feather? I swear to God, I thought it was a feather. I, I always thought it was a leaf. Or, or, or. All right, finish this thought, and okay, then we're going to get to the important thing here. Okay. I guess it's a leaf. Yeah. Wait, hold Super on. Super leaf. Hold on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's Sorry. Right. Like, I probably. Shows I, you. I, I hate it when things like that happen to me, first of all. What? Just stop down for a second. When you think like a song lyric is a thing, an image is a thing your entire life, and then, and then somebody like exposes that, you're like, "Wow, it's it's not a big reality to like no, have busted." My but. the foundation of my life is just <laughs> crumbling. <laughs> Let's reel back in. Yeah, characters. I mean, just you're replaceable. You never really care, and I yeah. think the only thing that ever especially in a book like this when you have so much just weird stuff going on, you know, your main character is supposed to kind of keep you grounded in the story and kind of at least yeah. it's like, well, I want to see I want to see how Billy makes it out of this. I want to see I got to get into my deeper narrative yep. Yep. voice. I yep. want to see how Billy makes it out of this. I got to see what Billy's going to do. Nope. And then you're just like, I don't care what Billy's going to do. Like I just yeah. want this to end. Yeah, and that's that's basically the long and short of it, like there's, there's no, there's really no interest for me in, in any of, any of what happened like after this stuff. I don't give a shit about any of the, any of the characters. And, uh, you know, it's, it's disappointing because there's not been too many books, like even on the beach, you know, you still kind of wonder like what happens after everything dies. Like, sure. Something has You're to You're still survive, at least right? kind of left with, you're left thinking about the book in not entirely negative terms the yeah. minute you put it down and maybe yeah. a little while thereafter. Whereas this one, you just put it down and it's kind of a relief. Yeah, it, it did definitely. More than anything else. Definitely feel that way. So we never got to powers. Uh, what does the sign say? What is the sign that well, I that was, I hastily wrote yeah. up and put on the mixer? It says no touchy mic. And what did you just do? I, I touched it. Yeah. Okay, How let's get... You. Let's get to powers. Let's get to powers because that's the most exciting part of this. Okay, that, that I, I think anyway. Give me, uh, give me. I guess top three. Uh, top three is in like most useful Just or top, my whatever, favorite. Whatever your whatever your qualifications are for it. Top three. Uh, um. Okay, I think the I think the folding thing is pretty awesome. Obviously, yes. Uh, because, because... Well, that's not fair. We're just gonna... Those are... That's both gonna be in ours. So, okay, two fine. hours. But uh, we go ahead. Continue. I was just gonna say, because it has so many practical applications. Absolutely. And that, to me, is like the ultimate trump card when it comes to superpowers, is it has to be, like, something practical. Yeah. Can you imagine running, like, a shipping business where you could just fold everything? Could you imagine the move from your house here if you could just origami all your shit together? I would just fold my house <laughs> and be like, I don't know what happened. Oh, Give me gone. the insurance oh, money. We need to rebuild hey, it. somebody folded my house. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely would have a plan for that. Yeah. Uh, okay, so that one that one was pretty cool. Uh, I mentioned earlier. I just want to see you. I'm sorry. I just want to see you <laughs> try to approach the insurance company. Yeah, somebody folded up my house, I guess. <laughs> the house was ripped clean from Baby. the foundation. <laughs> <laughs> Baby. 
Two weeks later, you unfold it back out. No, no, no. We built this one. Yeah, but you could be like the ultimate spy. Sure. Get stuff in and out whenever you want to. I wonder, though. Think about how cheap travel would be. Hold on. But here's here's a a mind blown. Okay. Could you fold yourself up? into like a small form and then while folded up fold yourself into it could you like create a continuum of folding yourself smaller until you became like atomic sized and then you know you just sneak into things as an atom i mean i guess you I could don't do think that. you could fold your entire self yeah probably probably not that'd be difficult yeah where you would have to like stop with the hands and that would be true yeah and then you just have two hands, just, like two human sized yeah, hands, yeah. or like a little folded person in a bottle. Yeah, that'd be we, rough. That'd be that would be weird. Okay, uh, so then my uh, the other power, I think Wadi, like I said, is is oh, overpowered. Why did I let you go first? Uh, because, All right. All uh, right. so yeah, just his like ability to to jump around things. Yeah, I mean, just kind of like translocate yeah. via statues and other. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, and then. I'm gonna have to go with uh, swallowing people whole. Okay. Goss has a has a nice little trick there. Where's the where's the where's the practical usage for that though? Um, I don't know if you've been outside lately, but like people are pretty awful. And if I could just like, you just go, you Conse- know, if you could just yeah. consequence consequence free. So you're saying you would just consequence free, just end people's lives by swallowing them whole, huh? I'm not. I'm. You're putting no, that out there. No. What in I'm, the public forum? Here's what I'm saying. Okay. I'm saying that I would be willing to do um, a community service event in which, if I were out at a restaurant, uh, a bar, a uh, some place where somebody was giving them the like the human garbage disposal you, you know you you know who i am i deserve better service kind of kind of a speech i might just gobble that person oh. up and everybody would freak out but then there'd be a slow clap yeah exactly or the people that that stand up in the aisle on uh on airplanes i would sit in the back of the airplane and when you got to the got to the gate but the door's not open and everybody rushes to the aisle i would mr pac-man from the rear of the plane and just everybody Oh God, that'd be rough. That'd be like heartburn. But, no, but but think about it. We'd have order in the skies because nobody would want to fly with with Pac Man. That would be no. You wouldn't have order. You would have the terrifying fear of your life ending any instant from some man gobbler who may or may not be there. That's it's who true. you'd be, the man gobbler. Did you ever have an expectation that Leon was going to get regurgitated at some point? Because <laughs> no. I, I had, I had hope. He just, he's, yeah. it's like, uh, oh god, what's it's like Pinocchio and the whale. He just yes. pops out later. Yes. He's like, hey, what's going on, guys? Uh, yeah. So folding, obviously, for most of the reasons you said, are great. Wadi's great. Man, the London Mancers. That is awesome to be able to kind of like manipulate the space around you and just. It almost seemed like their powers were very. Of all of the of all of the kind of powers we see, theirs were very sort of like, oh yeah, they can do this. It was kind of like ass pool. Yeah, <laughs> like they're yeah. Just like, oh yeah, they can also do this, and they can they can teleport in bushes, and 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 they had the benefit of neutrality. Yeah, yeah. So that's that to me is is cool because uh, I you know I'm a I'm a glutton for power. So yeah. the idea of this sort of unlimited you know pull of just. Oh, by the way, we can do this, and it's stupid, absurd, yeah. and we can kind of like see the future and communicate with the city itself. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Okay, so 
we've we've spent basically an hour bashing this book, but there was one thing that I really, really, really loved okay. about this, and it was a concept, and I think it was well done, and it was the like saving grace for this book for me. Okay. The cults and all of the like specific different types of cults. Yeah. Kind of harkens back to like the polytheism of like Greek and Roman times. Sure. And, but it was like, it was even more practical and like specific than they ever executed it. And I freaking loved it, man. Yeah. It was, it was so funny, especially when they ran across the, uh, was it the, uh, like the cult of the flood um huh. and uh like those those old guys that met with marge and and uh kind of pointed her in the right direction like that was when things continued to like expand like that cult world and i was like this yeah. is so cool like yeah. there's a that's, cult for everything that's fair yeah it's kind of like uh you go to like um an organization fair like your first day yeah. like your first your first day in college it's like wow they have an work for that there's right. an ultimate frisbee club it's like yeah we're a cult that worships this why not yeah so that i mean that is kind of interesting that yeah. you just sort of have this uh never-ending continu- continuum 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 of sort of specificity and something as weird as cult worshiping so. yeah but i mean we've we've always had those things right like native americans had had similar like religious beliefs for you know weather and you know places and spirits and you know all all that kind of stuff and it just i don't know it kind of harkened back to all these different um sort of fringe well i wouldn't say fringe but uh like basically ancient religions at this point i mean even native americans are you know dwindling in in population although i'm assuming they still hold the the same beliefs that their ancestors did at least in some tribes. I have no idea. I, I don't know either. Not sure. But that's something I feel that like I'm, polytheism as a whole is is yeah. no longer a thing. It's not quite not quite something I have, you know, my finger on the pulse of. Yeah. Sort of uh Native American But I want that to exist. I, I want there to be all these like weird sure specific cults. Let's let's just okay, let's ju- we'll just convert to uh well, what what ancient pantheon do you think is the coolest? If you had to say, uh, can I, I mean, make my own? No, 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 no. no like, you gotta, it has I'm, to be out of the book. No, no, no. I'm just saying. I'm saying. Like, oh, oh, oh. Top, like real world. Pull out sort of a regional or societal or civilization, civilization, civilization. You know what? What pantheon? And you know, Greeks and Romans are pretty easy because it's yeah, kind of just like like knockoff Greeks or the Romans, change the names and all that, but. I don't know. I I think just your go-to pantheon. Uh, I would have to go with with the Greeks because the the thing that's that's cool about their like religious beliefs is that they built extraordinary. Well, shit, the Egyptians did too. Egyptians. See, okay. So what I was gonna the say. Egyptians are great. What I was gonna say is, it it's ties, not just like, oh, here's a here's a dude who's a god. It's like, oh, he has a he has a a wolf's head, and he. <laughs> but but they there there were like they did extraordinary things to commemorate their belief, like sure. architecturally, which is what astounds me about like Greeks and and Romans, but. I I haven't been to Egypt, but obviously I know about you know all the archaeological sites there. Yeah, and you know it's just it's so cool. We we don't we don't do that uh, nowadays. Certainly, although I wonder if mega churches will like last long enough. Like, what's the big one here in Dallas? Prestonwood. 
off of 635 and 75. Uh, anyway, there's one of those. Know, there's a lot of them. I know there was like Dallas one. Baptist I know there's something. like one going out to Irving that it's like it's like a. It looks like the White House. It's it's massive. Oh, it's that's huge. the that's the old uh, televangelist. Uh, uh, the Faye's, uh, Tammy Faye. Oh, really? That was their that was their place. Yeah, oh, yeah. Shows you how much yeah. I know. They went to jail for matter. tax evasion, or she did at one point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then she died of breast cancer. Wow, you yeah. you're well read on this uh, subject. Yeah, <laughs> actually, <laughs> it we, is like we pulling just, these out of the hip pockets. By the way, have I told you about this lately? Uh, did I yeah. speak again? Yeah. Uh, the the reason that I know that is we just watched uh, the Righteous Gemstones on HBO, okay. which is have, have you seen it? Or? I've seen of it. Okay, I have not seen it. Well, if we have listeners that haven't haven't heard of it, it's it's a show about a uh, like televangelist family basically, yeah. and it is like ridiculously obscene and absurd, uh, very sure. like uh, on the nose about it's like. Hypocritical. Yeah. Uh, HBO doesn't really of, pull of punches that. with stuff like. No, that. it's great, and John Goodman's in there, and and he's fantastic. That's and, what I see. Uh, Danny McBride have... is is one of the characters. Does it and, also and have uh, what is it? Adam Devine from yes. uh, Workaholics. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I'm in. I'm it's sold. great. It's great. Me some I, Adam yeah. Devine. We we finished the whole thing. Raunchy, but highly recommend. Okay. So th- then we were talking about that. We were talking about televangelists in real life, and that's why I know that off the top of my head. Just okay. Yep. All you right. Were prepared. We need to rate this bitch. Let's Ooh, let's. That was, we need to rate this book. Wow, <laughs> just like just because, just because. Okay, just because I got, you, I got a little Collingswood. Just because you've slipped up a little bit, and we and we've we've had some <laughs> obscenity somewhat in this episode, does not mean that we are just a profane podcast, bud. Buster. All right. Sport. All right. I'll, I promise to make my my shelving clean. All right. Let's do it. What you got? I'm donating it. Yeah, that's not surprising to me. What are you doing with it? Top shelf. No. Top shelf. You're a liar. You're a Uh, liar. Universal recommendation. I'm going to reread. This one, I came in here going, donate, 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 donate. And from the sound of everything that I've said about it, it's like an easy donate. But I don't know. Part of me, part of me with all of that, all of that aside, part of me wants to keep it on the bottom shelf just a little bit, just because... I don't know because I don't know if it's the guilt I feel from not going in untainted. Uh-huh. Um because you know, I did that for plot and then eventually brought it back into my listings, but I feel like because I feel like that was more so because we were so separate yeah. on, on how we felt about this, but it seems universally that the feelings in this room and at least extended out if I'm including Sarah too that it's not good, so yeah. I'll stick with my gut and I'll say donate. That was a okay. long-winded ramble around for me to say the obvious that I, it's getting I, donated. I, the only way that I would keep this book is if I was going to use it as a whoopee cushion, uh, like a literary whoopee cushion for somebody, where somebody I didn't like was like, hey, do you have a good book? And I'm like, here's 500 pages of the best shit you can imagine. Go enjoy, you piece of crap. And then you just move. And then, uh, <laughs> and then yeah. you fold up your house and leave. So and then, they can and never then I'm going to keep asking him, hey, did you read that book? By the way, we got a podcast about it. You got to read the book first and then listen to the podcast. And then the podcast. And then just... now, in this moment, when they hear that, oh. they're going to be like, ah, oh, he wow. got me. This is the long con. You're setting you're yeah. setting this up on the fly. Yep. yep. That's it's my impre- plan. That's impressive. That is that is a superpower in and of itself. Thank you. Better than the like man goblin. You know, yeah. the, 
Pac-Man. Yeah, basically. All right, let's let's talk next book. I'm ready ready for something. Uh, you talk something, next book. It's your pick. New. All right, next book is actually it's it's going to be um, a novel. Um, it's debut novel from a poet. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so this is like out of the comfort zone type yeah, situation. No, not really. Um, so. <sighs> One of the things that I've been trying to do is get our bookshelf ported over to Goodreads. So okay. it's a little bit hard where we diverge from stuff, but generally we're we're pretty aligned. Um, so I've started to to go through some of our old era episodes and and try to put we'll just split the difference. Yeah, well, no, I'm putting comments in uh, on our on things that we've read, like where we were and and uh, and all that kind of stuff. So I get their emails, and uh, one of the things that they've been doing the last several weeks is their like best books of 2019, according to to readers. Yeah. So uh, this last week was their like fiction finalists or whatever. So I kind of I just like you know one of the things that we don't do a great job of is is pulling in like more like recent stuff um and you know kind of reading that as everybody at large is reading that yeah seeing it i mean on, even yeah even this book yeah. as recent as it is is still almost a decade old i thought it was i thought it was 2010 oh you're i think you're right yeah, it's like a decade old so so i decided i'm going to pick one of these books and so i ended up um because of my affinity for uh for poetry with um it's a book called On Earth, We're Briefly Gorgeous by Ocean Vong. It's spelled V-U-O-N-G. Um, so it is uh, a book that is actually a letter uh, from a son to a mother who cannot read. Uh, written while the speaker, Little Dog, is in his late 20s, uh, the letter unearths a family history that began before he was born, a history whose epicenter is rooted in Vietnam and serves as a doorway into parts of his life that his mother has never known all of it leading to an unforgettable revelation. At uh, once a witness um, to the fraught yet undeniable love between a single mother and her son, it is also brutally honest uh, exploration of race, class, and masculinity. So, okay. It's going to be... It's divergent. It's going to be cracking. literary. It's going to be, you know, I expect the prose to be I, of I, the highest order. I actually like, as, as much as the... As much as the very literary books don't do as much for me, I do enjoy seeing your opinion on those a little bit more so than the yeah. ones where it's kind of like, yeah, this is weird, or oh, this was great. And yeah. The literary ones, you kind of offer a little bit more of a slice through. So even just as a as a fellow host, it's interesting <laughs> on this side of the table to... Uh, to get a little bit from that, so that's exciting. Yeah, okay. so we'll, we'll we'll see. I'm also gonna do my my new thing where I read more about this. I'm gonna avoid like reviews, but sure. I'm gonna read about the book before I get into it, just to get some context. And we'll talk about that a little bit next episode as well. Okay. Then we've got two more episodes this year. After that, after after that, although correct. one of them's probably just gonna be uh, our end of the year hoopla. Yeah. Uh, which I'm, I'm always looking forward to. I like the kind of recap just, sort, yeah, of, sort yeah. of thing. Um, it'll be, it'll be good. I know we just did that like for our anniversary back in May, but you know, what in, were those in God, a year? like old school sitcoms? What were they called? Showcase episodes. They were just throwaway episodes. Of yeah. Like, like midway through a season when they're like, ah, we need to, we need to stretch. Our legs. So it's a showcase episode. It's yep. like, look at all these side characters and their own little shenanigans that yeah. are going on. Or like Vicky and I've been rewatching friends before it leaves next, like next year or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, 
there was a couple couple episodes where they would just do massive montage episodes where you know they'd just be sitting around talking about something and be like, remember the time that you know blah blah, and then it'd just be like clips from old episodes. Oh yeah, 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 showcases and yeah, yeah clip episodes. Ah, uh, just not a not a good thing. But we'll make it a good thing for our last episode of the year. Yeah, uh, because we won't. We'll clip. bring our A game. Yeah. So uh, next episode on Earth, we're briefly gorgeous by Ocean Vong V U O N G. Uh, go pick it up, and uh, thank you for listening to this episode. If you want to hit us up on Twitter, we are at Better Bookshelf. Uh, we did have somebody hit us up on Twitter. Um, I saw that. Yeah, the recommendation yeah. for uh, last ship. Yep, um, I'm gonna check that out. I, I saw this, or I, I've seen like an episode of the show. Or I, I maybe I saw the pilot. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I I knew that it was kind of briefly based off a book, but that was that was an interesting reminder that it's like, yeah, I mean, I guess that's kind of more what we would have expected out of on the beach. So. Yeah, absolutely. So always book recommendations, always just general blather or chatter. If, if you want to hit us up uh, at better bookshelf, thank you again for listening to this episode and until next time. Mm-hmm.